This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. All right, welcome back everyone to another exciting episode on the Tide Chasers podcast, where each and every week we try and bring you something fresh and interesting information to make you a better angler. Now, before we get started, if you haven't already done so, please make sure you subscribe, like, and follow us on all your favorite podcast platforms. And if you haven't already done so, please make sure you listen back to our last episode with Scott Grassy of Keystone Angler Guide Service, where he discussed about the steelhead fishery up in Erie, PA, and the tributaries. Now, before we introduce our special guest for this episode... We, you know, we always got to introduce one of our favorite co-hosts, Professor Norgard. What's up, Bobby? Much. What's going on, Qua? Um, uh, besides you in a new room because you got kicked out by Baby Norgard. Yeah, that's all. I think by the time this episode drops, you can call me Dad Norgard instead of Professor. Uh, we could do that. We can call you Baby Daddy Norgard. That'll work. Daddy. Yeah, great. I'm not Good calling start. you Daddy. Good start to this episode. All right. But uh yeah, so you know, with all the format, besides that, how's life, bud? How's life? Uh good. I just got back from a steelhead trip, actually. So I know. I know. Scott, but I was up fishing in Pulaski. It was very cold, but it was very awesome. Too cold. You know me, I'm a fair weather fisherman. When it gets below that when my feet feel like bricks, I ain't going. Yeah. What well, was it was sub zero. No, yeah, no. You're, you're, that's why you're there by yourself. <laughs> good point <laughs> all right guys with all the formalities out of the way we're going to introduce our guest for the show today you may have seen her during some of the fisherman magazine's weekly reports with jim hutchinson or even stopped into the one of our favorite shops down the shore or even attended one of her many sem- seminars throughout the season ladies and gentlemen today we're excited to have jenny ackerman of the fisherman magazine on the show with us well, how are you doing jenny hi everyone i'm great how are you guys doing <laughs> You know what I was expecting after Bobby? After she said, how's everyone doing? Welcome to the open boat. I, I could go through the whole, hi, everyone. <laughs> welcome to this week's open boat. <laughs> See, that's that's the voice, guys. If you ever, you now you recognize who she is with that voice, the open boat. Yep. <laughs> All right. So how you been, Jenny? How's the season going so far? Fantastic. Uh, I mean, right now, if you, if you 
hear me on Jim's videos, you might be like, oh, she sounds under the weather. Yes, I am. I caught uh, a cold, but I think I'm just going through withdrawals from the lack of fishing I'm doing. Um, but it's fine. Wishful thinking, fishing's around the corner, just getting my stuff ready for the spring run and everything and just being busy with like all the shows so many shows are going on and it's a lot of fun like seeing everyone at the shows and doing a ton of seminars at those shows so just keeping busy in the winter you know it's it's the best all we can do to scratch our itch man all we can do we're not cold weather fishermen like bobby that freezes in sub temperatures just to catch fish i don't know blackfish counts i think I literally I'll blackfish if like I've had icicles on my eyelashes. I I do All not right. care, but I, it's just been I've been so she's a she's a bigger fisherman than you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm a big pansy when it gets cold. I, I can't stand at that rail for blackfish. I've done it once, maybe twice. Uh, standing at that rail, freezing cold, can't feel my thumbs, can't feel my fingers, and waiting all night, all day for that one scratch bite. Yeah, I'm not doing that no more. I've had like a majority of my past trips canceled on me. So I've been very upset about that and I haven't had time to go back out. So I miss my, I have like separation anxiety with blackfish. I miss them so much. <laughs> and I love that. And besides, I mean, you can't make that call because the, the weather hasn't been fair for any of us neither. It's been, it's, it's been all. keeping, it's been keeping all the boats. So inside, so can't really do much about that. So um, yeah, just like how we start each and every episode, uh, we want to know where it all started, Jenny. We want to know. So growing up where I live, like you're blessed with easy access to the ocean. Like I have pictures of me when I was little, like catching fluke at the inlet. And I had like this giant fluke and I was holding my Barbie rod. That's like a classic picture. I always love to post when Instagram has those little throwbacks of you when you're younger, stuff like that. That's my favorite one. And then catching like little snappers off my friend's docks and everything. And Growing up, like I fished when I was younger. And then as I started getting older, like getting into high school and college, I played a lot of basketball. So I kind of took a step back. But then now I'm like retired from basketball. My bones hurt. Um, So taking on fishing full time for me, it's now become like a stress reliever for me. It's great. I love fishing. I love learning about the fish I catch and just trying to make a difference in the fishing industry and everything. It's, it's a lot of fun and it's a true passion of mine. Gotcha. Now did you, uh, did like who got you into fishing at that young age? So a lot of my family members did it. I mean, we, they, we still all fish together. Like my uncles and my cousins and I, we've had fluking trips on the Miss Michelle where we're all fishing really hard, trying to get that pool winner fluke. And my uncle Victor just dead sticks his rod in the rod holder and walks away and comes back with like almost a 10 pound fluke on the end of it. I'm like, what the heck? So it's always like a fun little competition and stuff with my family for fishing. Very cool. And do you guys still do those like family outings once in a while? Yeah, a lot, a lot of the times, like I'll shoot my cousins over a text, but like, hey, I'm going to the back bay to catch stripers. You want to come? And like, they'll come along and like, it's always fun. It's a learning experience too, getting out and fishing with them and just catching up. You know, it's, it's always a fun little like family reunion type deal. Very cool. Very cool. Did you have any mentors along the way? You know, anyone that you kind of, kind of like, took you under their wing and kind of showed you the ropes even till now oh yeah like ever since I started working at Grumpy's those guys have really took me under their wing like Ray and Sean and Bobby and all them like and Frankie they've all helped me out become a better fisherman like 
Ray, I have to thank for so many things with fishing. Like he taught me like, how, like so many different tactics for fluke fishing and jigging for blackfish. Um, he's taught me a lot, always very helpful. They're all great dudes. And then I have my, my good friend Rooney who taught me a lot about rig fishing for blackfish and like turned me into the rig fishing machine that I am today. So I always am very appreciative of those guys. Like they always have my back. They're always there for me and they've taught me so much and they still do every single day. Very cool. Yeah. Those guys mm -hmm. over at Grumpy's are very fishy. Fishy. Yeah. Games. I love those guys. I actually, so I'm from, uh, well, not from, but my parents live in Ortley Beach. So um, spent a lot of time as soon as Grumpy's opened, that was like, I won't say goodbye, Betty and Nick's, but it was just closer. So we would always stop in the Grumpy's instead of driving down to Betty and Nick's to get our tackle. And that was actually after, I don't know if you're from the area, yeah. Um, but we used to have Brackman's. I don't know if you know about Brackman's. We used to have Brackman's, which was in Ortley Beach. So Brackman's closed down and then Grumpy's opened up in 2002, I think. Um, and that became like our favorite place to go. So me and my brother in 2002 would like take our bikes over there. And uh, of course we knew Grumpy, but then we also knew Mikey who was there, which I don't know if you yeah. ever met Mikey. Yeah, Ponytail um, Mike. And I love Ponytail Mike, of course, rest in peace. Um, but that shop is is awesome. Really, really fun. Uh, and I've had the same experience. They're just fishy dudes and they are willing to help you out always. I mean, all the tackle shops down there are kind of like that. Even John and Betty and Nick's like they are just ready to go and ready to get you on fish. And I love every aspect of it. Yeah, I mean, that's a big part of the job. And that's like not even just at Grumpy's. Like when I'm on the beach, that's a big passion of mine. If I see someone struggling, like I'll help you out. Like I'll if you're doing something, I'll be like, hey, bud, try this instead. Like like it's it's rewarding for me to see people learn and then like catch a fish and seeing that excitement on their face or like oh my god thank you like they're all happy and everything and that's like what matters for me it's 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 that reward you get from like helping someone out and helping them get on fish it's a great feeling how did you end up working there what was the story behind that so i always used to go in there um i would stop there before hitting island beach to go fishing like didn't matter what season it was but I would go in there and I would always like mess with grumpy grumpy's like my favorite person like majority of the time I just call him like grandpa because he's basically like all those dudes are basically like my family at this point they're all great people and I would always mess with grumpy and I'd be like oh I'm going fluking are you excited he's like no I don't care about fluke but of course that's his shtick you know he loves it he's the nicest guy on the planet and it just got to the point where like Ray was like, Jenny, do you want to just work here? And I was like, yeah. So I started working there and the guys were like, oh, we got to be really careful about what we say around Jenny. We can't be, we got to be nice. We got to be like, and then I was like, oh, you don't even know. Like I, there's, there's like me, there's me. And then there's like me at like grumpies when there's no customers around i talk like a, I, I talk like a sailor like i'm at their level they're like oh we don't have to put our guards up around jenny she fits right in like that's just the the tough as nails type person i am but i mean don't get me wrong grumpies you go in there we're gonna help you we're not gonna roast you or be mean like we want to see you all get on fish so oh that's very cool definitely it's, that's a random story though you just walked in one day and the guys were like just you want a job and they're like okay yeah I was I was like a regular in there and mm -hmm. I think they saw like 
she's it's it's Jenny. She fishes. She fishes hard. Like she she'd be great to work in there. And ever since I started working there, I mean, I think I've been there for almost three years now at this point. There's been an influx of like women coming in, like looking for me, and then like dads coming in with like these little their little daughters and they're like look there she is and of course like the guys have um my cover pictures printed and put up on the wall so like these guys come in and they show their daughters they're like look there she is she's on the magazine with that fish and they're like the little the little like daughters are all like oh my gosh like I want to be like you when I grow up so it's really it's really cute to see and it's like something that's really rewarding to hear especially towards me because like I want to see more like women in the fishing industry like going yeah. out and fishing and you know like working hard and all that and it's it's a nice thing to see it's really it's you know it, it can make you basically almost cry but you know you don't want to be you know tough tough fisherman and you don't cry at anything <laughs> yeah, most definitely though we all you know us we've always supported women anglers on this channel like we had coral on she's she's fantastic yeah, she's an absolute boss. <laughs> yeah, Coro's a she's a she's definitely a boss now. So it's yeah. it, it, we we enjoyed having her on. You know, for us it's just like it's not we don't see it as it's a male or female sport for us. It's just also a whole sport as in itself. And the fact that you are getting involved and getting these young lady anglers involved, you know, it makes the world turn even better. You know, so it's it's always great seeing ladies like you that are just introducing and also getting these ladies excited about this kind of sport. Yeah, they need someone to look up to. Like yeah. they need like a proper female in the fishing industry. Like mm -hmm. there's a ton of us. Like you said, Coral Rose, Coral, yeah. and it, like we work hard and everything. And there's so many of them that are actually fishing. And you know, we have full time jobs too, but we're fishing and we're showing people we're not flaunting other things. We're mm -hmm. we're just actually fishing and you know, like making that a good impact within the fishing industry it's not you know some some poster some girl on a poster holding a fish you know it's it's the real thing that's how fishermen like women in the fishing industry should be the real yeah, thing that that hit deeper than you think as i'm expecting a little girl here in a few weeks so <laughs> yeah. uh, you can expect to have one more fan come march 3rd i think oh my goodness but, well, but what's really funny is i think i think women in the industry actually have a lot more power than the men at this point, mm -hmm. which is awesome. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, there's incredible anglers. I mean, Coral's just one of them, right? I mean, I run mostly in the fly fishing world, but right. Mm -hmm. Abby Schuster up in Martha's yeah. Vineyard, like um, she knows her shit and she runs it up there. And then there's Paula Shear out in Calgary and then on the Delaware, there's Anita Colton. And honestly, when you think about these places, they're the ones that get named now. So yeah. yeah. I exactly. think the females are taking over and I love it because it's been long overdue. Yeah. Time for a change and at times for a 50-50 balance in the fishing industry. Yeah, yeah definitely. I... Especially in the saltwater scene too. You talk about Florida, there's a lot of lady anglers. We've got Debbie Hansen, right? With her on the talk fish talk radio. And then even like the Carolinas, we got Tanya. She was on our web. She was oh, on yeah, our yeah. Good, yeah. And she's dude, she slays the redfish down there in the Carolinas. And it's just like and she's a guide. And she she does a fantastic. Sometimes she outfishes the boys, and I'm just like, you know what? That's just the way it works, though. Like, and Bobby get Bobby knows he gets smoked by his, his wife all the time, and on like every, on, on every trip. What well, I just got to remind you know, lady like anglers are great. All right, we don't like to talk about it, but we sometimes we bring it up. We it we happens. just bring it up just to poke at you. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, so that's fine. the amount of times I've done that, 
especially like I mean there was one trip where I was on with my boss Ray and I outfished him and he was just like don't Oh, he must be pissed. Yeah, and I would, I would, I would be at the shop, like and customers would come in, and be like, "Bray, remember that one time?" And he'd be like, "No." You know but, what it is, though. I think, I think it's patience. Women have patience. Like, I mean, Bobby's taught a lot of anglers how to fly fish over the years, and you know, he, for him, it's like he thinks women have more patience when, especially when they're teaching fly fishing. You know what I mean? It's so just like I actually think they're much better at black fishing too. Oh, so. don't I even think, don't even get me started. <laughs> I, I don't know what it is, but they have a feel, or it's the patience, or it's the patience. You know, yeah, it's you know. a lot of patience. I feel like patience. Then I say, I always say a little sprinkle of lady luck. That's always my my. Yeah, go. that's good. Yeah, definitely the patience factor. All right. So, what's current Jenny doing now, and what are your future goals in this industry? If you're, if this is what you're progressing. At? So, I mean, right now, um, I'm the media coordinator at the Fisherman Magazine. Like, you see me on the open boat videos. I do a lot of stuff behind the scenes for them, too. My main, like, for my future, I really want to be, like, pushing towards that media side of being, like, a prominent female angler in the fishing industry, influencing people. Like, same, like, I would get, like all these other girls that I know, like there's Coral Rose and then there's girls in New Jersey, like my friends, Taylor Sloan, they all fish really hard. Like maybe forming some type of like media platform or something with just women in the fishing industry, you know, like working hard and everything and just doing a whole big thing like that. Like, I don't want to be like, Oh, I want to be a movie star. I want to be on like all these like, like fishing shows and stuff, but like, yeah, that'd be cool. Like that's something I would like go for like seeing, cause then you have a bigger platform for like all these younger women watching you on TV, seeing you fish like their area, they're like, oh my gosh, I can do that too. I want to be like her when I'm older. Yeah. Something like that, you know, just being a bigger influence and just inspiring people and helping people get on fish. Yeah, 100%. Just like the set of uh, the YouTube girls, uh, Gale Force Twins. I, I occasionally watch them and they're a big influence on people. And they're, and also they're captains too. So I think, you know, that might be something worth looking into. You know what I mean? Just maybe, maybe a show, maybe a side show or even, or even a, a women's angler podcast. You know what I mean? Just something yeah. fun that kind of just brings all the ladies and the, the young ladies into the scene just to kind of give them somewhere they look up to, you know? Yeah, definitely. It's something I would want to see in the future. More more female involvement. Like, don't be afraid to go out and do it. Literally, there's been times where I walk up to a lineup fishing the beach and I just walk right in. I don't I don't care that it's all dudes and like you see me on the beach or you see me fishing. I'm not I'm not all happy and bubbly like this. I'm very serious. So it's like you don't even want to say anything to me. So, you know, I just I walk up and I just like own the scene i just fish i don't i don't deal with uh any crazy conflicts or anything like that like i'm just there to catch fish so i could see it now bobby me and you on the beach all of a sudden she just comes rolling in just pushing us out of way mugging us for our spot well i was gonna ask that do you think you get treated <laughs> differently on the beach because i mean if we do that it's sometimes a brawl situation you know it starts people start freaking out i'm not afraid of you know, like confrontation. I've had it plenty of times where I'm fishing at night up north in the spring run where mm -hmm. I had dudes see me and they're like, oh, let me pick on her. I just ignore them or if it gets to the point nice. where I'm like, listen, bud, like back off. Like, I don't care. Literally, um, I'm not one to want to start anything. And I politely see if, I, if there's a space, I'll go. 
it's not like I get played like the woman card, like common courtesy. Like I've had people say stuff to me and I'm like, all right, that's fine. I'll move. It's no big deal. I'm not, you know, I deal with it. It's, it's no big deal. I mean, the only time where like I mug people is when I'm black fishing like that. Oh, that's that's, I that's, no, that's, no that's blackfish that. etiquette. That's yeah, blackfish I etiquette. Will, I will mug you. I will come up next to you and be like, hey, how's it going? After I just watched you basically feed a fish for 10 minutes and miss every hit. <laughs> I'm, I, I can't. Like, I, I have to go over there and, you know, just strike up a little conversation. I mean, the amount of times I've been mugged by, like, my buddies, like the grumpies guys, like, my one dude that works there, Sean, mugs me, like, all the time and I'm like you better stop like so I return the favor so it's the only time where like mugging like etiquette is like allowed I guess Mm -hmm. that's the only time mugging is allowed when you're black fishing that's it's it's the that's the one one thing where mugging is allowed so it's all right in New Jersey guys you're allowed to mug other people when you're black fishing just don't mug me You'll get a nasty look. I mean, you'll probably get a nasty look because I look like I'm going to murder someone when I'm black fishing because that's apparently the face I make when I'm hyper focused is I just look like a serial killer. But that usually keeps people away because I'll look and like they'll look at me and then they'll just go to the other side of the boat. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you did mention it earlier, but you do work for the Fisher Magazine. Uh, explain some of your roles at the magazine and tell us what it's like working for that magazine. It's a lot of fun. I remember... Basically, before I started working there, I did my internship with them and they never had an internship program. And the internship program started because of me basically harassing Jim at the fishing show saying, hey, can I be an intern? Hey, and like every single show I was at, I would come up to him. I feel so bad for doing it, but hey, it got me my job now. So thanks, Jim. You're the best. Um, But basically, my um, title is media coordinator. So I do like run their social media, like on their Instagram and stuff. Like I'll have posts that have to go up and everything. And then I graduated from Monmouth University. Um, Side note, summa cum laude. Don't want to shut it up. The 4.0 GPA. But listen, it's not like it's, I don't know, it's not on my business card or anything, but hey, it's a good subtle flex. (laughs) But um, I graduated with my BFA in graphic and interactive design and my minor in marketing. So I use both my major and my minor to like design ads for companies that advertise in the magazine. I run like their e-newsletters and stuff like that. And I do like backend coding on the website. So I do, I do a lot and it's, it's a lot of good stuff to add to like a resume and it's a lot to learn and like I'm appreciative of that because it's like I love learning literally like I'm a sponge for any type of knowledge I could gain which is always a good thing no there's nothing wrong with that I tell that I tell people that all the time no matter how much I know fishing I'm always a sponge my head's always open and I'll absorb any kind of techniques knowledge or anything you're willing to give so so what did you do as an intern and is there now an internship program that everyone should know about at the Fisherman Magazine? Listen, I mean, there isn't, they haven't really talked about an internship program since I started, but I feel like if you want to work for not even just the Fisherman Magazine anywhere and they don't have an internship program, reach out to them anyway and be like, look, I could be doing this and this for you. This would be a great internship opportunity for me and a potential hiree for you guys. So like, if you want to reach out, like, 
to a company, like just do it. Like, don't be afraid. Just, just don't be like, oh, they don't have an internship program. I can't do it. No, do it. Ask them. Like a company should be willing to be flexible to like work with you. And I mean, you're an intern. So it's like, yeah, the extra help is appreciated. Um, but basically what I did when I was an intern, I got to work with who I work with now, my buddy, Donna, Donna and I do like the graphics department and stuff. Um, I was doing like a bunch of different ads for New Jersey and basically learning the ropes of how those ads change per season. Like, you know, you got the Norm McKay switching from, you know, whatever they're doing to their togathons and then switching to back to black fishing in April. So you have to change those ads as the seasons go and you get to know the people who advertise with the magazine more. So it's, it's really cool. Like learning more of like the ends within the industry. Cause of course you learn, part of the ends through grumpies through like the marketing industry. And then you learn more of it through the fisherman magazine with these different boats, like tackle shops and different companies that advertise with the magazine. So it's, it's really cool to see. Gotcha. See, I was about to say, she's about to say, this is how you do it. And then Jim's about to get a text message and Instagram messages, Facebook messages, bombarding. Hey Jim, are you doing an internship? Hey Jim. Yeah. <laughs> yeah literally like I walked out to him at the saltwater expo and I stood there for five minutes because he was having a conversation with someone and I'm pretty sure I had like my resume I made in my senior portfolio class like and I was like hey Jim take this here take this like please like I want to be an intern but I mean it worked out so you know you always gotta you don't want to seem like you're being pesky you're just being driven like I'm a very yeah. driven individual and like I want to get something done so it's like that's how I got to where I am today. So you don't want to be shy. You want to, you know, push it, but not overdo it. Just stay driven and just try to reach your goal, no matter what roadblocks come in the way. Very nice. So, I mean, we talked a little bit earlier about grumpies. And one, one of these days, I'm going to bring Ray on. We'll try to get him to get on, see if he's comfortable with it. Yes, to, no, to, talk about the, to talk about the shop. But um. And you, you already discussed how the guys treat you there and everything. But uh, let's tell the little viewers a little bit more about the shop. You know, it's just the kind of like the brief statement of what the shop has, what it has to offer, and what makes them one of the best shops in that area. Grumpy's is, I mean, I'm not going to be just because I work there, you know, flexing everything. <laughs> like, I love it. Like, literally, it's the best shop on the island. You literally come right onto the island. It's right there. You can stop before you go to Island Beach or literally, honestly, go right up the street. I mean, we tell people that in the fall run, I'm like, you don't have to be going into the park, bud. You can be going right up the street and catching the same fish that are in the park. It's all the same structure out front. The history there is rich between Grumpy and all those guys. I mean, it's so iconic. They got offered like to be a reality TV show one time. You can ask Ray about that when you oh. have him on. He's got more of the details. Um, but we offer a lot. It's, it's, we have a ton of mixed merchandise, like new products and everything, a huge selection of both spinning and conventional reels. We have real repair services with Frankie Z and we have custom rods with Bobby. Bobby um, is an excellent rod builder. He taught me how to build rods. He has everything there for your own rod building needs if you build them at home, but he also sells the most beautiful custom rods with like illustrious decorative wraps on them. They're just spectacular rods and they fish great. I mean, the science behind building a rod is insane. 
like with guide alignments and there's some rods where you're basically a scientist because you crack the code on casting distance with these things like it's it's phenomenal um and of course we have our clothing our clothing's great with the classic grumpy fish but we just have a lot to offer i mean the shop looks small on the outside but you go in there you're gonna, gonna get like blown away with how much merchandise is there and the great thing is every single employee is there to help you and we want to get you on fish that's the big thing like we're all friendly don't let the name fool you we're all there for you we want to make you if you're a beginner fisherman we want to make you like the next i don't even know like one of the guys in there because they're all legends every single one of them is a fishing legend and then you guys do all for like, you guys do seminars too, right? Like once in a while in there, in the shop? Yeah, Um. in the winter, I think in the spring, I'm not sure if we're going to be doing it. We do work with like local custom plug builders like Scabelli and Big Rock and they have their sales. And then we do like winter seminars that go with it. Like we just had it a couple weeks ago with Shelly Karras, who's, I mean, a legend of the salt. Mm-hmm. And then Dave Ernie, my mentor for black fishing. And then myself, we all did seminars. And then Scott has a seminar coming up talking about early season striper fishing. And Scott, he knows a ton. He's basically, we, he's basically a junior conservation officer at this point. I don't know if they gave him a badge, but he cares a lot about stripers and everything. So he knows a lot with the species and how to catch them all year round. Like you'll always see him on his kayak getting fish. Very cool. Definitely, definitely something to look forward to guys. If you guys ever see one of those grumpies posts about seminars and things like that, make sure you guys stop. And there's a lot of knowledge in that one little area. Can, can I ask a provocative question? Yeah, go ahead. Do you think the feud between Betty and Nick's and grumpies is real? I can't comment on that. <laughs> <laughs> if you it's i mean um i don't I told know you provocative yeah <laughs> that's well, like that's scandalous listen i don't want to get fitted for concrete shoes anytime soon so i can't <laughs> fill in the beans well she got the best answer yeah she has no comment Can yeah. I comment? it's clear you've been trained by uh the fisherman magazine and how to da- uh, handle press yes they yeah. both yeah both of those guys advertise with us and they're both great tackle shops I would, I mean, I've spoken to them about it a little bit. I mean, I don't think it exists, but I think everyone has their favorites. Like, um... yeah, everyone, everyone loves grumpies. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I like Betty and Nick's uh, lunch, oh, their sandwich and their breakfasts yeah. are great. Yeah. yeah. Now wow. if grumpies had a, a breakfast side uh, on the dining side, maybe we'll go stop there to, and stay there. All right. Well, literally, they're opening actually they're opening right next to grumpy's um it's called i forget it's like a lobster company it's mystic lobster co mm-hmm. but like oh, cool. they're offering like breakfast sandwiches and stuff and they literally came into the shop the other day of course i wasn't there um <laughs> but they dropped off a ton of food for the guys to what? eat yeah like shrimp rolls and lobster rolls and like pork roll egg and cheeses so Oh, and the guys didn't happen to save you any? No, no, okay. that never happens ever. There's no, there's no food is safe at Grumpy's Tackle. Literally, right. no food is safe. It's it's gone in the blink of an eye. You look away, it's gone. So <laughs> there's a lot of spots. Like when I worked there on the weekends, I have my little hidden snack drawers and stuff. But it's still, <laughs> it's still, I'll still find it. <laughs> and we're guys. We we find snacks laying around. We claim it as ours anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter if you put your name on it or nope. write the amount of honey grams you have in the packaging. It still depletes itself, magically disappears. Cool. 
Any last thing? Any last questions, Bob? Before we move no, on? No, no. We'll just we'll ask we'll ask Ray that when we finally have him on, or even John for Betty and Nick's because I want yeah. an, I want an answer. You want I an want, answer? Get me get me back on with Ray. I'm gonna question him where my graham crackers went. <laughs> <laughs> Put him on the spot. <laughs> oh man. No, let's get into fishing. All right, let's get into fishing. This is definitely a fishing podcast. So what would a fishing podcast? If we didn't talk a little about fishing, uh, I mean, we see your name thrown around a lot, and it's all about doormat fluking seminars with Jenny and this and that. But let's talk about a little bit about something, another one of your other favorite fisheries in New Jersey. You did talk about a little bit earlier. So what's your prime time season when you start fluking? So literally, I will start opening day. I have spots by my house, like in the backwater, like the back bays and stuff where I will find fluke. I will spend all day trying to find fluke and then we'll find them and it makes me very happy to find them um so literally i'll start early season a lot of times like for south jersey guys it's really good in the back bay early season once um july rolls around like tournament time <laughs> that's when usually i get to go out um on the weekends you know with my job i'm basically a weekend warrior at this point going out on the boat with all the other crazy dudes trying to trying to jig up some fluke. So it gets a little hectic. Um, that's probably why I like black fishing a lot more because no one's out there. But, you know, you, you go out there, you jig up some fluke, get a nice sunburn. Um, but I definitely, I fish for fluke the whole, whenever I can. As soon as the season opens, I try to find them. Try to avoid busy spots. Like, all my good spots are kind of overrun now by people, which is rough, like... But, you know, you got to deal with it. Um, but I definitely like ocean fluking a lot um, when that season rolls around and starts heating up because not only you're fluking, but you see literally so much life out there. There's been times where we've been drifting on like the Klondike and there's tuna popping up all around us. And then we start catching giant squid on our on our jigs and we're like, whoa, we should have brought some tuna rods out here. This is nuts. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so... So would we? What would be your best, your favorite way, from the shore or from the boat? Oh my god, that's tough. I feel like it would have to be. They're both so much fun because I feel like the general person would probably prefer the boat, but for like fishing off the beach, like I'll, I'll walk like no, I'll walk like five miles trying to find a fluke on the beach. Like I'll walk all island beach until I find like a good spot where there's fluke just chilling. But I feel like, I don't know, I feel like it's 50-50 because I just enjoy it no matter what I'm doing. I'm always happy when I'm fishing. So I always try to make the best of any time I go out fishing. But I mean, like I said, on the boat, you can see so much more life and everything in the ocean and, and get some really cool bycatches. So that's also fun. <laughs> so are your setups both the same from the shore and from the no. boat? So my setups for the shore, um, I built an eight foot ODM evolution that I paired with a VR 50. Um, that's what I use just in case like I, I catch like, you know, bluefish are around or if I'm bored and I want to catch a cow nose and get spooled by a cow nose, I have like a heavier setup and that has that backbone to handle those bigger fish. Um, my fluking setups from the boat are i have two spinning rods that i bring they're both very light tackle um i built both of them one's an old all-star that grumpy gave to me that's like older older than me basically <laughs> and the other one's the um the raw geeks sc5 um the st croix legend extreme blank mm -hmm. um i use those for pitching up current 
So those are paired with 3000 size reels. So they're, they're nice light combos I use when I'm fluking out there. And when those things get bent on a fluke, oh my God, it's, 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 it's scary. They get beyond bent in half, especially that all-star, that thing, that's the Hollywood rod right there. You get exactly. like a little dial on, you're like, oh, it's a doormat, get the net. <laughs> and then it comes up to five, six pounder. And I'm like, I'm sorry, guys, I'm just excited. <laughs> oh man. So usually what's your favorite bait of choice from shore and from the boat? Um, I literally just use, I use the same like, well, with, starting off with, like, the rake I use, I just use a classic bucktail teaser egg. Um, I'll use, like, a Magic Tails hoochie jig on the bottom and then paired with um, just a six-aught bait holder hook for off the boat. Like, for off the surf, I'll use, like, a four um, with a hollow teaser from Tsunami. And then my bait of choice, I started getting into this bait. It's actually, it's it's kind of new to the scene because gulp has just been getting so expensive. Mm, <laughs> and, you know, like, definitely. when you see the package, I, I mean no shame to gulp, but like, I see your marketing scheme. I see what you're doing. But you squeeze the package and it turns to mush. So I got um, contacted by a company out of Florida um, that make, they're called Q8 Superbait. And they've sent me like these grubs that they're uh, they, like, they are, they're in juice. So it's like the same concept as gulp, like that have been crushing the fluke like all the past summer seasons I just used it like last summer and I'm like oh my god this is great and they're durable that's my big thing I'm like I gotta have like a durable bait and with the way gulp is being made they they yeah. fall after one fish I'm like I'm losing money here so the Q8s like hold up really well and they come in like that curly tail grub and they come in a ton of different like even freshwater options too so I've been using them a lot with uh, my fluking and even just like if I go blue fishing in the canal, you'd expect that that thing to break after one bluefish. I had one that I was using as like a trailer for my bucktail that like literally caught like four to five bluefish on and it was still intact. I was like, this is phenomenal. It's like these things are bulletproof here. They passed the bluefish test. <laughs> yeah, bluefish. Bluefish were created for uh, tackle companies. I oh, yeah. I feel I feel like that everything from plugs to like yeah gulp and all that bluefish were made for tackle but whenever whenever bluefish are in especially the gators freaking tackle 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 shops love them i love them too i'm forever thankful for bluefish i miss them they're not as prominent here anymore no. but every time we get a mullet run at island beach i'm always like hitching a ride with sean to get down there he'll net mullet and then i'll hook into bluefish that are chasing them and we'll literally have a system where i'm reeling in the bluefish and the bluefish is chasing the mullet into shore so he can throw his cast net at him oh nice so That's... we are like the mullet lords when that season comes around Man, the <laughs> mullet season i mean mullet run is really good but we don't it's always predominant because it will be like it could, could last two three weeks then a big storm comes in and it ruins it all we're just like yeah yeah cool uh all right last thing about fluke is uh technique wise everyone has their own style everyone has their own way of they jigging you know what is what is usually your typical technique from the beach and then also say from the boat from the beach literally i'll just start at one spot and just you know cast it out a little and then slowly work it in and then if I don't have a couple bites after a first couple of casts I'll, I'll walk a little bit down and do the same thing and then walk a little bit down and do the same thing um until I find a bite and you know if I get a good bite I'll just stick around to that spot for a little bit but if it dies down I'll keep walking so my steps really go up when I'm fishing from the beach I get a good workout walking all that 
stretch of beach, but um, off the boat, I like to like fish pitching up current. So that's using like the light rod I was talking about, the 3000 size reel. Like I don't like jigging with a conventional, like a heavy conventional, like my arm gets tired. <laughs> I'm not old, but like it just gets tired. Um, especially if I'm out fluking, sometimes it's like 15 hour trips if I'm lucky enough to fish a tournament. But I really like pitching up current with light tackle, just fighting those fish on light tackle is just so much fun. And, and with the rods I use, you could feel the bites like and everything. And it's basically, I have a huge section of my seminars where I talk about pitching up current, basically spilling the tournament winning tactics secrets right. there. All right, spilling all that. Everyone's going to get on the tournaments and just use your own tactics to beat you. <laughs> yeah, literally. That's horrible. <laughs> I'm turning them against me. <laughs> no, yeah. but I, I really don't care. I'd rather see people catch big fish, like, especially on using a tactic that like I was taught, like that's something yeah. Ray taught me and he doesn't mind. And, you know, seeing people catch fish like that, it, it's great. Yeah. I feel that way too. And I don't know what your opinion is. Like, like always, everyone always says you need to put in your time and, 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 you know, and figure it out and work it yourself. Right. But some people like us that we do seminars and stuff that we teach techniques and things like that. People are saying that we shouldn't be doing this because they have to learn it themselves. I feel like we're just helping them. doesn't mean we're going to walk them to that spot by holding their hand and tell them to drop right there and catch a fish. We're just giving them an idea, tips and tactics on techniques on how to catch these fish, how they use them, how they adapt them to their area. That's totally up to them. Yeah, like you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. Like I see it as it's not a competition. Like if you need help, I'm going to be there to help you. And I like helping people. So it's just basically, if you learn something new, that's great. Like I'm always down to learn something new when I'm fishing. And I've been lucky enough to fish with a lot of good guys that are willing to help me and help me improve. So I'm thankful for that. So like, that's something I would want to do in return. Right. Yeah. We're just, we're just teaching tips and tactics, you know, but as every angler is, we're never going to, we're never going to burn a spot no matter what so we'll, we'll, we'll teach you everything how to catch them but we won't burn a spot so I, yeah literally i will spend the extra 20 to 30 minutes it takes me to use my photoshop ai generative <laughs> option to change the background of where i'm fishing so you don't know but it's like if there's some spots where it's like i see a tree um like i know exactly where you are yeah exactly so, you know you take the time to change the background or something like there's yeah. one one picture i posted where literally i photoshopped myself to be in montauk and i was not in montauk so that was that was a funny one <laughs> people actually believed me and i was like no i just photoshopped the background <laughs> like you're fine <laughs> i don't find it as critical i mean some people go crazy over it and it sounds like you could do too but like in saltwater fishing the fish move mm -hmm. yeah so Everyone has their, of course, there's a, a fluke honey hole someplace or some plot, right? I understand that. But for like, when you're on the beach and you like erase the houses, like yeah. I always find it funny because like you can go to that same spot the next day and catch absolutely nothing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, like fish have tails. They move. Yeah. They don't, they don't stay in one spot. Like, and at this point, no spot's a secret. So no, no one should yeah, really exactly. be that heated, especially when you're fishing the beach in the fall. Like yeah, no. people driving on the beach, people can see you land a fish. It's not mm -hmm. a secret, bud. Like you see where you are, like it's no big deal. Like, and everyone is entitled to catch the fish that they find. Like no means of however you found the spot. Like if you're on Google maps or anything, but you know, you just gotta, you know, try, try to find a spot on your own. But 
I wouldn't be playing true detective zooming in on Instagram pictures being like, oh, they fished here. Let me go there tonight. And it's shoulder to shoulder with people. Yeah. I mean, that's how the places are now these days, but it's sometimes you just got to find a spot yourself. Yeah. But there's still, there's still spots up North though, during the spring run. So those will always be zipped and kept quiet. So oh yeah. Like it gets I, bad. It gets bad up there though, but like there's still does. some, there's still some spots that are very hush hush. So yeah, there's like code names for spots. I'm mm-hmm. not even going to mention cause I don't want to say them because <laughs> then people are going to be, you know, throwing pyramid sinkers at me while I'm waiting out trying to catch fish. So right. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, so that was a wealth of knowledge on the fluke fishery, but uh, that's not your only your only true love, though, is it? So what is your favorite fishery to target in New Jersey? I mean, I love them all, but literally black fishing is my favorite. I'm so passionate about the species They're, I think they're the cutest fish and people think they're so ugly. And I'm like, no, like they're so stinking cute. I love them. They're what makes them fun is like there's such a challenge to catch. It's not like you can just drop down and immediately hook up. It's not like you're sea bass fishing here. Like you actually have a challenge. Like, and that's why I think it's so much fun because it's, it takes like skill, I guess you could say to get them. Um, and I'm a devout rig fisherman too. So sometimes the rig itself is like a challenge when you're, when you first start like tying your own rigs, like I do the Belmar rig, and mm-hmm. I remember when I first learned that, I was like, all right, I'm doing a loop after this. I'm pulling the sinker through, and then I'm looping the sinker through here, and then I'm pulling this through. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is so much. But now I, like, know it. And I'm like, why was I struggling so hard to do this? But it's just the overall challenge of catching that fish. It's it's nuts. It's, 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 it's so addicting. Like, literally, like, I'm foaming at the mouth here talking about them because they're just great. And especially, like, the fight on them. Yeah. like the the tug is the drug i guess you could say because it, it just definitely it, is. <laughs> it definitely is and then you know what it is it's always a surprise because you know you don't know what's going to be on the end of that line when you drop that rig down it could be a two three pounder or it could be that double digit you know it, you never know you never know until you after that hook set in that first five ten feet then you'll know what it really is yeah, then, then you'll know yeah the five the five to 10 foot buffer zone that's that's exactly what it is yep we all know about that buffer zone you that's where you're going to beat them if you don't beat them there you're not beating them yep exactly you either got a counter on there or you got yourself a doubled up bergal special (laughs) (laughs) i am uh very confused you find blackfish cute yeah that's what she said oh my god yeah no literally they're so cute the amount of times, like I have the canal by my house. The amount of times I catch little cute little. Bl- All baby right. See, fish. okay. Now I understand. And then I catch a big yeah. one and I'm like holding it. Like it's like a, I don't even know, like a bazooka. And I'm like, look at this thing. I'm like, look at this okay. little face. That's like I- L. Yeah, that's like L when she catches the little ones, right? She does that little, little, little drop of hers and she's all little cute. But um, we're talking about like, say, a 10 pound. I'm talking oh, about yeah. big lipped, ugly. Oh, yeah. Male, white chinner. I love them. Every I love them. Like I've caught the most, the weirdest looking blackfish. I mean, I had my my ten and a half, and that thing just looked like a like a, a like just a Stonehenge, like Easter Island looking blackfish. And I was like, "You're funky looking." And then I've caught some where their faces are all smushed or they're stretched out, and they just look weird. And I'm like, "What?" I was like, "They're just so unique because they each have their own like little faces and their teeth like." There's been times where like I've taken pictures 
of me holding the blackfish like with the teeth and the mouth like facing the camera and I've literally photoshopped like braces onto their teeth because it's like the funniest thing because they just look they just look so wonky and it's just it's just so cool to see because they're not like a cookie cutter fish but they're so stinking cute and I will like fight anyone on that fact because I love them so much they're just it's, it's the lips Bobby it's the lips on the white chinners <laughs> that, that drives it for her you know, I, you know, like you had no comment to my last question. I have no comment. I... <laughs> yeah, they're just, I mean, it could just be from like the artist <laughs> point of view of me. Cause like in my free time, like, I'll give you little I'll ones. Eat. Little ones are adorable. Yeah. yeah As they all age. Stuff and make stickers of them. And the stickers always look so cute. I'm like, oh, this is adorable. So it's probably that aspect of me finding them fun to draw. Cause they're so like, they have their own little characteristics, but no, yeah, they're, I just think they're cute. I mean, they taste really good too. So that's another factor to it. They that taste is, delicious. Can't deny that one. <laughs> can't deny that one. So usually, what's your favorite season for them? They're you know talking. There's different seasons. Everyone loves usually they're the shallow water season, right? Or it's going to be that deep drop, 80, 100 feet season. Oh, I'm all for like late January, going out freezing. I'm <sighs> only in a sweatshirt. Like no one's out there going like. 30 miles offshore, like hidden secret wreck spots that no one even knows about. Like I'm here for it. You think I'm not going, I'm going. I'm the first one to the dock ready to go. Like that's my favorite. I don't get cold. So I like, I I literally just go out in my sweatshirt and my Grundon's bibs and a beanie and shoes obviously too, but like I'm ready to go. The cold, I don't wear gloves. So I'm like a machine when I'm out there. I don't complain. I fish the whole time. I, I never walk away. I always have a rod in my hand. So that's that's my time. That's that's my happy hour time out there. Just happy as can be out there. Man, she's like the she's like the abominable snowman out there in the coat, sweatshirt, sweatshirt and a beanie. I'll be out there in like two layers of shirt. A well, thermo. You be out there. Let's be honest. You're not. Yeah, going no, out. no, definitely not. You, I'm definitely not you, want, you ain't going. Well, no, there was. There was one trip where I, that's when I discovered that I'm basically a Sasquatch with the cold. It doesn't bother me. Um, I had my stormer jacket on and I was setting the hook on these fish and I was, you know, I had, I was rig fishing. So I had to pass the rod over and my sleeve was hanging down too low and it was getting caught. So I was losing all my fish and I was like, oh my God, I was getting really angry. I ripped off my stormer jacket and I almost threw it in the water. And I was like, wait, I'm fine. I don't need this jacket. Like I'm sweating, like I'm good. So now I just know. I just have to wear a sweatshirt and a beanie and I'm fine. <laughs> I think you I think you answered this earlier, but I'm gonna ask it again. Jig or rig? Rig. Rig all day. Okay. I will I'm a devout rig fisherman. There are times where for fun I'll fish a jig, but ninety-nine point nine percent of the time I am rig fishing. That's how you know someone's serious when they're just a rig rig. rig. But why? What's the reason? Be afraid, that's why. Be very afraid. Be afraid. <laughs> I come on the boat with two rig rods and the jig rod just comes for a ride. It doesn't get touched. That's it. <laughs> Literally, that's I just be afraid of the rig. She only breaks out the she only breaks out the jig when it when it's tied slack. So she can play yeah. around with it. Yeah. <laughs> I get to I get to just let some line out, make sure there's no there's no wind knots or anything in it and just let us let the spool run for a little. I mean, have you ever seen Frank Mahalik's, uh in his seminars? He says the big fish are at slack. So slack ties the big fish time. So, uh, so all right, let's break down this tackle. So you're a big rig fisherman, fisher lady. I say lady. Uh, what's your rig setup? What's your tackle for a rig setup? So I, I fish the Belmar rig. 
that's mm-hmm. the only i mean there's so it's crazy how many rigs are out there like everyone has their own like secret rig there i mean the dropper loop the snafu there's mm-hmm. so many different ones i just fish the belmar rig i mean just, that's just a belmar rig on a single hook or belmar rig no, with I do, a, I do the a sliding hook yeah sliding i have hook. a sliding hook um and then yeah that that this is that's what i fish with either um usually 50 to 60 um depending on where i am um but I like the slider rig, uh, like with the Belmar, um, because I can do half a crab. I can split it, put one crab on one hook, put another crab on the other, do the good old little crunch under my shoe and drop it down. Or I could get a little perfect cherry white and put it on, put that one crab on both hooks and have the hooks kind of like hanging out both Mm -hmm. ends of it. There's a ton of different crab cutting methods to when it comes to i mean black fishing in general you can do the same thing with the jig but yeah. you can just it's it's whatever they're hungry for yeah yeah i found that blackfish anglers are very uh i would call them superstitious right because they always have a certain way they like to do things and they'll yeah. do it until it doesn't work no more and then they'll switch yeah <laughs> yeah very it's very i would i don't even know if i would say scientific it's very I don't know. I guess sci- not scientific. We're not all blackfish scientists out here, but yeah. we have our own systems. Yeah, it's it's just we have our own ways of doing things here. So on the heavy end of the side, what are you using to pull these big donkeys out of these wrecks? Like, what are your rod and reel setups? So I have my two conventionals that come along with me. Um, I have my main rod is the black hole challenger bank series one it's like rated heavy with a saltiga on there and then i have um dante from magic tales actually gave me and some of the guys at grumpy's a couple of his rods to try and i have the lighter i forget which one even it's like the lighter version of his rec series conventional rod and mm-hmm. i like that a lot too it, it, i use that more in shallow water the black hole I'll use in when I'm in deeper water, but they both um they both do a good job at hanging some blackfish. And then of course the jig rod, the poor the poor jig the rod bo- that the boat rider, the boat rider. Um, that's just what I use for fluking too. It's just my um my uh rod geeks SC five Saint Croix that just comes for the ride. Yeah, I'm it surprised works. Dante gives you anything if you hate the jig so much. <laughs> well, literally, I mean. He's That's a, a good one, Bob. He's he, he can give me all the rec series rods. I'll take them. I know he. I know he. Um, I think I don't know. I feel like he only jig fishes. But like, listen, Dante, if you're listening, give me the whole rec series, pretty please. Thank you. I will fish all of them. Um, but he did give me the um the jigging rod too, which I will use in the canal because the canal is like the one spot where I will jig fish for blackfish because they're like pets in there. So I'll, I'll, I'll jig fish for them. And then I, I just release all the canal blackfish as a lot more people should be doing. <laughs> all right. So, uh, so what are some tips that you can give anglers to become better toggers? Uh, rule number one, try not to suck. Um, that's a big one. <laughs> wow. That's a, that's, a, that's a hard one to beat. All right, done. That's it. We're over. That's it. <laughs> it. We're needed. done. We're good. That's all yeah. we needed. That's it. Don't suck. Um, don't suck. That's all. Try to have patience. I know patience and fishing don't really go well together. Um, but you really want to be focused on that bite. Um, try not to talk. I don't talk when I fish, like or especially for black fishing. Um, you just you just really need to learn how to focus on the bite. Um, another thing, if you're rig or even jig fishing, but like speaking when I'm rig fishing, if I drop down, 
and I'm on a piece, I don't feel like I'm on the piece. I'll just lift up and then drop it back down until I'm on the piece. You don't want to be like jigging your singer and banging it on the rack and all like, cause that spooks the fish away. But if you feel like you're not where you should be, you can gently lift up your whole rig and drop it back down into a spot. And of course that could also lead you to finding a good hole where those big black fish are. Like you find a hole where you drop down a couple feet. Oh, don't let anyone around you see that. Cause once you break off, you're going to get mugs. I speak from experience calling Sean out for one trip fishing on the Dauntless where I was catching and I was in a hole catching some nice keeper females. And he came right in and mugged my spot. And I said that he mugged my nail salon because it was all women, female <laughs> You know, blackfish, you know, in the little hole getting their nails done. He mugged my nail salon. Oh, um, man. Yeah, but those are some good tips. And just practice tying. Like, you, and, and know you're going out there with the proper equipment. You don't want to have some too light of a leader. You want to make sure your, your hooks are snelled, your knots are right. Change your leader and everything after a couple times rubbing up against a wreck. Because, God forbid, you hook into a big blackfish and your line looks like spaghetti pasta breaking all off all over the place that fish is going bye-bye you're not seeing that fish that fish is not reaching the surface that thing's gone so avoid heartbreak and check your gear very very good very good tips out there plenty of especially what she gave she gave a bunch of gems guys so make sure you guys take those take, into heart take, take those and take, take some notes, notes. <laughs> exactly take some notes and you will in the night way you know take some notes and just follow rule number one don't suck. Yeah. <laughs> All right. To date, what's your best blackfish? Okay. Well, it's only 10 and a half, but I don't, only. I'm not, I'm, the one, I'm not one. I, I hate flexing size with fish, you know, like the size even matter. They're all fun to catch. Um, but I, I don't know. For, for Bobby, what do you think? Girl, from a girl's perspective, the size even matter, she says. <laughs> no comment. I like Okay. <laughs> no comment. I like that one. That's another no comment. No, no comment. comment. Um, <laughs> but I mean, there's there's always I see it as if anyone goes out there and you catch a big fish, great on you. Okay, try to get a bigger one now. Like take it as a challenge. Be like, oh, I caught my personal best fluke today. It was seven seven and a half pounds. Okay, try to get a bigger one after that. Keep trying for it. You know, like I don't. I don't see it as a competition, but I know like majority of people see it as a competition, but like for it, tr like try to challenge yourself. Like say you catch a big blackfish, be like, Oh, what was, what was that blackfish doing? Like, how was it interacting with the bite? Like, how was it eating? Like, I need to remember that for next time in case I get that same bite, that could be a bigger blackfish. Like always remember, you know, how it is and, and see if that, the proof is in the pudding when you get another fish on. See if you can get a bigger fish. Always work your way up. You catch a 10, try for a 15. Catch 15, try for a 22. Break a state record. Like, go out and do it. No one's stopping you. So just keep trying. I like that. I like that theory. All right, what else? What do you got? All right, so we went through fluke. We went through blackfish. You know what? We're going to touch bases on this. Uh, so we're going to brush on the next subject a little bit. Uh, how is the fall run for you? Oh. <laughs> well the fall run started off with a bang for me um my like one of the first times I went out fishing it was it was October 10th so it was still warm out 
um, it started off, um, I was at Grumpy's after work and I had a couple hours left of daylight and Ray was like, Jenny, the fishing's slow. Can you make us a report, please? Go fishing, please, for the love of God. Get out of my shop and go fishing. I'm like, all right. So I drove up the street and I went to a good spot where I always like to hang out and fish um, and just walk the beach. It's nice seeing the sunset there. Um, and I'm just, I'm just pitching my bucktail out, just, you know, having the time of my life. I actually stopped and took a selfie. It's my profile picture on Instagram. It's a selfie of me with my rod with the sunset in the background. I'm like, oh, this is a great picture. And I took that picture at like 545 because I have the timestamp on my phone. And then at 547, I kid you not, my last cast, you know, going back to fishermen having patience, my last cast, I hooked into this monster. It literally hit in the trough and did not move. I was like, Ooh. what? I was like, there's no logs here. What, what did I just snag on? I literally was just holding my rod. I lifted it up a little bit and then boom, it took off. And I was like, the water's still warm. Do I have a shark or like a ray? And I was like, what the heck do I have? So I took a video of me with the rod bent and I said some, you know, some Frenchy words, you know, pardon my French here, but I was like, what the F do I have on? And then it, I called Ray. I was like, Ray, I think I have a shark. Can you come help me, please? Because I'm by myself. The beach was empty, dead. So from the time it took Ray to get to where I was at, I'd say like under 10 minutes, I just landed this fish. It was a striper. I mean, it, was a, it wasn't a shark or a ray. It was a striper that it was 49 inches. I laid it down next to my rod. I had my nine foot evolution with my 150 on there. And I took a picture of it next to my rod and it made my 150 look like a 50. It was so big. And Ray got there. I picked it up, took a picture of it, me holding it. And I literally basically went chest deep in the water expecting to like, I need to revive this fish. You know, I, she wasn't out long at all. Like that got a lot of crap online, but like people weren't there. Like I'm telling you how it was. Um, but I put her in the water expecting to need to revive her, holding her by her tail and under her belly. And she took off. She was gone. Like she swam off and, you know, the, the phrase swam, air quote, swam off strong, but like she actually did. And I was out of breath. So I sat there for probably 15 minutes just waiting to make sure she didn't, you know, come back up. But that kicked off my season with a bang and I went from that to catching you know the peanut bunker blitz fish to um catching stripers after Christmas on the sand eels there are some spots where people aren't fishing because it's so cold but I was still getting fished on the sand eel bite so like we're always nervous um like the grumpies guys and I are always nervous with the fall run, seeing what bait we have and when it's all going to blow up. It's like a ticking time bomb every year. But I would have to say like the past couple of seasons, we've been really blessed with an excellent fishery. I mean, we had the peanut bunker fish and then we had the sand eel fish. So really blessed with that. And it's good for business and it's good for fishing. You know, it keeps you out there longer, keeps a, keeps your, your stress levels, like, you know, to a low. So it's always a good thing with that. And it had a lot of people out there and like, like I said before, there was a lot of women out there too, which is good to see. You know, there was a couple of times where I had some other fellow female anglers in the lineup hooking up in some nice fish during blitzes. So it was really great to see. That's always good to see. Like for us, it's like, yeah, the past few seasons have been an incredible fall. And I think it just helps out our 
you know, our, our industry a lot more down there, you know, cause you know, a lot of these base shops, they are really dependent on what, how good of a fall or even like, you know, that kind of the summer too. So we're glad that it's, it's bringing a lot of fishermen down there. I mean, it may, it may be combat fishing in a sense, but at the same time, you know what, it's helping our industry. We're okay with that. Yeah. Like the amount of times we had guys come in this fall with trouble hooks in their faces or hands, oh. necks. Oh random spots i'm just like oh well i'm like no you, you can't be in here bud you need to go to immediate care please yeah. <laughs> i'm like what do you expect me to do take a picture of it i'm like yeah i'll take a picture of it it's gross mm. like, no i'm not taking that out of you you gotta man. sign a waiver <laughs> man so yeah, that's a good fall fun experience um definitely but uh so let's get into the sex subject and we talked a little bit we brushed on a little bit lower we're gonna brush on a little bit more um, so how often do you see female female anglers coming to the shop and how often do you run out, run into them like while you're out fishing yourself? I mean, now nowadays it's becoming more um frequent. There's still not a lot of us out mm-hmm. there, I would say. Maybe like I don't even know a percentage, maybe like for for what I've seen, it's probably like ninety-seven percent male, and then the rest is the female anglers. It's not that much, but it's like um it's good to see people out there, like more women out there, but it's like, you know, if you wanna get into it, get into it. Like get out there and go fishing. You know, if if you have your buddies out there that are going fishing, just go. Or if you wanna get into it as a new hobby, just learn and just do it. It's it's something anyone can do. It's not a male activity. It's not just a female's activity. It's for everyone. Fishing is for everyone. Like, and it's, it's, it's just like, what's stopping you? Why don't you want to do it? I mean, there's been times where people have come up to me and they're like, you're a girl. Aren't you afraid to fish the beach by yourself? And I'm like, no, what do I have to be afraid of? Like, you know, yeah, I'm a girl fishing by myself, but I mean, I, take care of myself and I make sure I'm safe. You should never feel unsafe, especially fishing and like on the beach, never Mm -hmm. feel unsafe anywhere. And that's, I mean, a common fear for women, of course, you know, like going through college, like every single one of like all my girlfriends, they had mace like either in their backpack or on their person at all times. It's Mm -hmm. like, it's like this, this fear. And it's kind of sad to see because it's, it's stopping a lot of people, a lot of women from doing something that they want to do. Like it's, it's just, you should just conquer your fear and go out there and do it. And of course, like, I always try to say, like, if you see me out there, come fish by me, like, don't be shy. Like you can come up and talk to me and fish by me. Like, I'll make sure you're safe. Like I have no problem running my mouth if a guy's giving an issue. <laughs> like I, I don't, I don't care. Like it, but it's like, come up and fish by me. Like I'm friendly and like, it just makes you feel comfortable being out there. And then soon enough, you'll be able to go out there by yourself and then fish. It's just, it's overcoming that fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of young, uh, young females approaching, have you been, ever been approached by young females out on the beach and also at the shows? Like how, how do they interact with you? I've had a lot of positive feedback. I mean, just recently I was at the New York boat show and Joan Maxwell's like the owner and CEO of Regulator Boats talked mm-hmm. to me. She's like, I love female representation in the fishing industry. Like you're out there every day fishing, like good for you. And I was like, oh my God, can I get a regulator? <laughs> like, but I was like, <laughs> amazing. I was like, this lady has worked her butt off in the fishing industry and look at where she is now. And I'm like, that's so inspirational. Um, but like, I've had people at the shows, like they want to take pictures with me, like, their husbands will come up and be like, oh, we watch your open boats. And then they'll show pictures 
of like like I've literally had a guy come up with like a whole photo album book he's like look at these pictures and I, I would point out oh look at your wife like catching fish and she'll come up and she'll like be like yeah that's me and like it's just engaged in the conversation to be included like it's all inclusive um but I mean like any I'm gonna be at a lot of shows coming up doing seminars too so I literally all women are welcome like come come and learn come talk to me like in the past I've had people like take pictures with me and stuff like a bunch of like like um kept fishing there's Pedro. Pedro but his little sister little Elizabeth she literally loves me she's so precious she'll take pictures to me and stuff and like she's she's just another little gem she's gonna be I mean Pedro better watch out because mm -hmm. she's a really good fisherman out there um but yeah like don't be afraid to come up and talk to me at the shows like you know I'm nice <laughs> most definitely yeah Pedro's a gem man him and his sister are definitely a gem and I've we've, we've me and Bobby's had our experiences with Pedro and his family they're yeah. great they're great they're great I haven't got a chance to fish with Lil Liz yet one of these days I'm gonna get her on the boat with her brother to do a little sheep set fish and see if I can oh, find her oh definitely I'm 100% here for that that'd be amazing to see that they're just they're great people too they're another excellent example <laughs> of like a family in the fishing industry yeah. like being involved and stuff it's great seeing them spending family time fishing it's it's really refreshing so we do love see female anglers out there and supporting the sport and and we really do appreciate the time and effort you've spent um getting yeah. the word out there and you know we'd like to thank you from the podcast just to thank you for putting the time and effort out there and just supporting the young anglers female anglers you know any anglers and just proving that, you know, there is a spot for women in this sport. And we support that yeah. all the time. Someone's got to do it. I'm here to welcome anyone that wants to get into fishing with open arms. And, you know, hit them with the advice. Try not to suck. Like, you know, you know I'll help you out. But, yeah, it's it's an open invitation for anyone that want to get, wants to get into fishing. Especially women who are shy about it. You know, I'm, I'm here for you. <laughs> all right. So come up next. It's going to be uh, pretty much... Um, our listeners' favorite question is also Bobby's favorite question. My favorite, favorite question. too. So right. we want to hear either an incredibly amazing adventure that you had that made an amazing memory or either a good or a really, really bad trip that ended in a memory you would rather forget. <laughs> well, I mean, other than the countless fluking trips where I've gotten uh, sun poisoning and have been dehydrated and like blacked out from dehydration, those are the bad trips I would like to forget but my mom constantly reminds me whenever I come back and I'm sunburnt um but I had a really good trip recently this past blackfish season um I was with a good a good grumpy's customer Steve on his boat with um his name's we call him little Elio he's uh he works on short catch charters with a uh, captain Frida um mm. he's the mate and we were black fishing and I of course was rig fishing and Steve and Elio were trying to jig fish, but the underwater current was too much. They pitch up current, try to get their jig to the bottom. And by the time they got to the bottom, it scoped out too far. So we were moving around to a couple of spots. It was probably like noontime now. Um, I said to Elio, I was like, Elio, try using your rig rod. And he just looked miserable. He was, he, he looked like he was just, you know, having the worst day of his life, just sad no fish were being caught like I caught one on the rig right before that and he's like oh my god that's a blackfish I forgot what they look like <laughs> so I was like Elio pick up your rig rod he picks it up his rig rod drops it down I'm watching him work a bite 
and he's not like a hundred percent set on you know what he's doing because he's a jig fisherman so i'm like elio said the hook now he sets the hook brings in a fish it's the keeper the literal like change in his face and his just whole attitude he was he went from being super duper sad to just being like absolutely elated and excited and just happy he was like oh this is great and he got like he he figured it out he figured out how to rig fish and then every time he dropped down he got a fish and he was getting so many keepers and now he was so happy but then it got to the point where like he was mugging my spot and i was like elio you want to switch back to the jig bud like you want to you want to you know go back to the jig try to get them on the jig and he's like nope so he he figured out what he was doing but that was really nice to see because like like i said i had rooney teach me how to rig fish and then i taught little elio how to rig fish and he seeing him so happy to be catching fish like that was so nice to see like that's like my ultimate goal here so it's like it's like passing it down you know passing down the rig fishing and seeing some kid happy that he caught blackfish and now he remembers what they look like since he, since the bite was terrible on the yeah. jig. <laughs> I mean, it's always a good feeling when you watch a, a kid catch his first fish. I mean, Bobby had that with, with uh, Pedro doing trout fishing. He's never threw fly fish a day in his life. And Bobby oh. took the time out and taught him and he caught, he didn't even catch his first trout. He slayed this trout that day. <laughs> I caught a couple, just a couple, hey, just a couple. Yeah. That's it, what, it, it definitely. I think he's had better days on the Dream Mile than I did. Uh, that was a day for the memory books, that's for sure. I mean, oh, I love that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, then I then then I took him out sheep's head fishing, and uh, yeah, he missed quite a few fish. And then he finally it finally clicked to him how yeah. to do it. And when it clicked, it it was over. So yeah. he, I think every fish that ate, he he set on them, and he landed every single one of them. I was proud. I was like, holy moly. But yeah. he missed a few fish until he figured it out. I said, you're going to have to figure it out. I can't teach you how to feel this. You just exactly. have to feel it yourself. Yeah. And once that click turns on, like yeah. you basically become like, like the Terminator, I say. You just get zoned in and you're just like, you just, you get in the zone and you're good to go. Like it's, yeah. it's so cool to see. And the best part is like three weeks later, he took what I taught him into one of these local peers. Oh yeah, and he, and he bagged himself a double digit. Yeah, Jeez. I was just like, "What?" <laughs> he texted me like literally the minute he's like, "You don't believe what happened?" I was like, "He sent me a picture." I was like, "Seriously?" Oh, bless his heart. He's such a good kid. He was just in the shop the other day for the Nerbs gathering. He's, yeah. he's getting into building his rods now, so nice. That's gonna be another big thing. But he's a good dude, and I mean, a good kid. Literally, like the fishing he does is. I mean, I wish I could get out and fish that much, but weekend warrior over here, the after work hours, you know, because <laughs> we're because we're all responsible adults and got bills to pay. That's yeah, why. adulting is great. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what they said. You, you're gonna you're gonna appreciate growing up. You want to be an adult? No, we don't. Take me back to being a kid. No, man. I want to be fishing every day. Exactly. No, no worries. I run home. There's dinner on the table for me. All I have to worry about is going to school. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> man uh so do you have a bucket list fish that you want to knock off your list this year i have so many bucket list list fish it's insane from let's see what, what's your top three let's do your top three. Uh, I, I, I like i want to go to alaska and catch a halibut like a giant halibut um i really want to catch a bone fish too i they, they're really cool looking yeah. and then of course like there's fish like 
I want to hand line, like drop down like a mackerel or something or hand line it for a Goliath grouper. But of course, like all my buddies that live in Florida, one, don't like northerners coming down there and fishing for their fish. And two are like, no, it's boring. You won't like it. Like, like literally, like I see all these pretty fish and I'm like, I want to catch one. And they're like, no, that's a junk fish. I'm like, I don't care. I want to catch one. Um, and then probably my third I don't know. I follow Tropics, uh, like Tropic Star Lodge on Instagram and they advertise with the Fisherman magazine. So I always see their ads and they're like catching like swordfish and marlin and rooster fish. And I'm like, get me on the, one of those things. Oh my gosh. Like I want that, please. <laughs> so those are a couple. I mean, my list is probably like, I don't even know, as long as the Great Wall of China with fish I want to catch. I just really want to like travel and catch all these exotic species and everything so sounds like you're a salt girl at heart yeah i really am like the only freshwater fishing i do is ice fishing if there's ice um is it for the has... fishing or is it just for the hockey and the hot dogs no it's for the fishing literally if if i'm going somewhere to go fishing i'm going fishing like it's not a social party for me i'm here i'm here to fish i'm going to fish i will be that loner on the ice jigging little bluegills up and everyone else is like hanging out in the tent like drinking beers and eating food i'm like nope like i'm over here fishing <laughs> yeah yeah qua really likes ice fishing yeah i definitely do not <laughs> <laughs> i love it i live for the thrill for ice fishing like when i sip on the ice and it stretches and cracks i'm like oh, oh yeah God. but then i'm like no i'm fine no worries you know <laughs> i'll be the one trying to build a fire nice trying to stay warm that's me <laughs> like there's times where like i'll have my arms stretched out and i'm jigging with one hand just in case the ice breaks so i i can catch myself in case i fall in there's always that the that risk factor in the back of your head that you're gonna fall in that i'm always thinking about but... i have the issue i mean even if there's like six inches of ice i still have i'm like what if oh it yeah happen. it could right and like there's people driving cars on the ice next to me. And I'm just yeah. like, I'm like, it could, it's still possible, yeah. right? Like it could. There's but too many, there's too many what ifs with fishing. The amount of times I'm like, oh, I'm walking barefoot on the jetty. I'm going to fall and crack my head open. And I'm like, no, just go. You're fine. Yeah, like, I, exactly. There's, exactly. There's so many what ifs. I'm like, no, just trust your gut. Just do it. You're fine. <laughs> like, Don't worry. <laughs> Man, the only time I'll do ice fishing, if it's one of those luxury ice fishing shanties you know you get the, the stove in there you get the, yeah, like the little house. heater and you get the little bed you can just take a nap and just wake up and then fish in the little hole yeah i'll do that the ice fishing airbnb experience there you go that's my style <laughs> all right uh so if if just say this podcast was to sponsor you to go anywhere to fish in the world which we won't because we don't Why make not? any money because we don't make any money uh, where would it be and what species are you targeting well, there's been one thing that's been on my list for a long time, ever since I started working at Grumpy's or just even knowing like Grumpy himself, he spends a lot of time down in Trinidad going after tarpon. Oh. Yeah, big, big tarpon. And I mean, in Trinidad, they treat them a lot differently than how they do in Florida. I won't get into the details, but um, there he literally has pictures of him and, and ponytail Mike and like Bobby and a couple other guys went down there and they're just catching these giant tarpon. And I'm like, Oh my, on the radical, the boat was the radical. Um, 
And I'm like, oh my God, I want to do that. Like, that looks amazing. And I'm like, my passport is, is set. It doesn't need to be renewed anytime soon. I'm like, I want to go. Like, giant tarpon and just seeing they're fishing next to these beautiful cliff sides there. It's just... <laughs> You should pitch. You should pitch that to the uh, Fisherman Magazine. Oh, <laughs> for like, a Trinidad tarpon report. Like, listen, next week's open boat. I'm going to Trinidad. Can you please <laughs> cover that for me, please? Thank you. <laughs> what, what do you know about this Trinidad tarpon, Bobby? She said Trinidad. You automatically said poon. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well I, I know uh, Mikey and Grumpy every year for. I mean, I don't know. Do they still do it? They would go to Trinidad for a week. Yep. Um, yeah. and I hate I hated that week because then there was no one in the shop. So it was yeah. like <laughs> shop and... yeah. no one was in there. Yeah, I really oh, hated yeah. that week. Right in there. Uh, but they would come back just like you're saying with the pictures. And actually, he used to, he might still have it. There used to be a stack of pictures on the counter. Yes. Um, that that stack, the stack, there's a stack, a book, the tarpon scales, there's the trophies, the yeah, check. Right? one because they did the tournaments they did the tarpon tournaments and they won many uh tarpon tournaments um they're actually now in the back in bobby's rod building area but now we're gonna mill we're gonna move it out to like if you're ever in there there's a spot where all the custom rods are where there's like clouds painted on the ceiling we're gonna mm -hmm. build that upper area to kind of be like an in memoriam shrine for cool. ponytail mike so his picture is going to be up there and all those tarpon pictures and everything and basically just make that a nice I, I, he deserves that ponytail mike so it's absolutely it's, yeah it's, i have he gave me a a custom fly rod right before he got sick that i use all the time now for salmon fishing and steelhead fishing um the interesting though the thing getting back to trinidad is the way that they treat the tarpon down there like to me yeah. <laughs> to me tarpon are like this elusive fish and i want to get real intimate it's like so I don't really like the way they fish because I want to be in like a little flats boat and like creep mm -hmm. up quietly and like yeah. get real yeah. intimate with it. And they're on like this big boat. Yep. <laughs> um, holding the tarpon in a way that we would definitely deem inappropriate. Oh, um, yeah. Like, you'd be getting scolded by. Yeah. yeah. So, but I mean, that's, it's just different down there. It's one of those, right? I mean, are they making our Florida tarpon look like babies? The size of those tarpons? I mean, they're, they're. 200 they're plus. They're sizable. Yeah. Yeah. There's some big ones. I mean, if you ever go into Grumpy's, I mean, you just ask Bob to show you the pictures. They're you could actually, if you just Google Grumpy's uh, and you look up the like about with them, I'm pretty yeah. sure yes. there's a um, picture. The first picture of Tom uh, or Grumpy. Tom? Good old Grumpus. Yeah. He's got Tom, Grumpy, Grumpus. Grumpus. Some other explicit names our customers call him, but love him to death. <laughs> Grumpy um, Santa. <laughs> I guess I, I'm pretty sure it's there. Yeah, and, there's a picture of Grumpy. And you'll, and you'll understand how they treat tarpon down there. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to yeah. have to look oh, it up it's after with, this. It's with, it's with Mikey, too. Mikey is yeah. holding it, uh, and then Grumpy has it as well. So, yeah. Yeah. Insane. Anyway. The I've story. only I, I've only gotten one and it's only it was only like 40 pounds and it felt magical. I can I can't imagine anything over 100 plus. These um, things are beasts. Wait, so Jenny, you said they don't go anymore. No, unfortunately, you know, Grumpy's getting older. He's like 286 years yeah. old, now, I think. <laughs> um, so he's getting up there, but I mean, it's it's all good memories at this point for him. But yeah. I mean, I would That's love funny. to go there, you know, and catch the tarpon like in his honor, like his. <laughs> It would be nice, you know, 
just to, ask just ask them to pay for, just ask them to pay for it i'm like i'm catching in your honor so just pay for i'm my sure you know without a doubt i'm sure he would <laughs> let's just have one more good summer season at grumpy's and i'm sure that could be happening in the future but one more one more hoorah you can go with me grumpy and then you can just yeah. sit there and watch me do it I would literally have the whole Grumpy's crew go. I'm like, listen, forget the koi dinner to celebrate employee appreciation. We're closing the shop for a couple of days and we're going down to Trinidad to catch us some tarpon. Like, let's go. <laughs> they would all want to do that 100%. I'm here for it too. I'm only there on the weekends now, but listen, I'm a part of that shop too. <laughs> Man. All right. Right before we wrap this up, I want to ask a question. And then I think the listeners want to listen. No. And also Grumpy's probably going to get mad. But is Grumpy really grumpy? No. <laughs> grumpy is the nicest guy on the planet. He does a lot for everyone. I mean, every Christmas, unfortunately, this year he was under the weather, so he couldn't do it. But we still had the Grumpy Santa fundraiser event. He will dress up as Santa and have the customers come in and sit on his lap and take a picture. And we donate money every year to St. Jude's and people come in and they donate. And I mean, last year we raised, or this past year, excuse me, we raised over $4,000 for St. Jude Children's Hospital. So that's the Very big nice. thing. He has a big, big heart. And the grumpiness about him is literally, it's just a stick. He just <laughs> likes to, you know, mess with you. He's the nicest guy. I mean, literally, I'm going to be posting about it soon. He, we're like, he's teaching me how to build Adirondack chairs. So I'm basically Ooh. a carpenter now. Another another thing to add, I'm a carpenter. I'm building Adirondack chairs. Um, like he's he takes the time out of the kindness of his heart to just make sure you're all good and just, you know, not like just, you know, bust your balls here and there with stuff. But he's he's the nicest guy on the planet and literally like he's a saint, basically. Like, you know, Saint Grumpus the third. Like he's a great dude. <laughs> Very cool. I mean, I feel I felt that way either way, but you know, I, we are, I guess listeners would always just wondering because every time you get in there, he does bust your chops. So he does. Yeah, I've so never had a normal conversation with that man. Never. Me neither. Ever. Me neither. Like, never. Like, but they're the I, most entertaining. Like, if you don't take offense to it, he'll just oh, keep yeah, that's the problem. Yeah. And rolling yeah. and it, it's great. It's very entertaining. <laughs> it gets you motivated for the day. Oh yeah, hundred percent. As soon as you ask him, "How's your day going, Grumpy?" Let me hit you with. I'm not gonna. It's the S word, but he goes crappy. <laughs> you know, he says the other one. I don't know. I'm not cursing on the podcast. You know, but you know what he says. He goes crappy. How about you? <laughs> Man, all right. Looks like this is a, anything last. Any last questions, Bob? Before we start wrapping this up. No. 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 Just, okay. Just I'll I'll just admit you didn't suck. Yeah. Thank no. You. She, well, she well definitely did, she definitely didn't <laughs> suck. I love, literally, I love talking about fishing. Like, this could be, like, a three-hour podcast, but I'm not going to hold you up for this period of time. We but, could like, do it for three hours. We could, I've, I've done it. I've done three a three-hour hour podcast. Just, like, I'm here for it. I'm already sick and losing my voice. I will lose it 100% to talk about fishing in this podcast because that's how much I love it. Like... Well, well, we're gonna have to preserve your voice because you got seminars and stuff. So we're gonna we're gonna let you oh, preserve God. that. You got to get better because it's coming up soon. So looks like we're gonna start wrapping up, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so Jenny, please let our listeners know where they can find you on social media. Don't stalk her, guys. All right, just saying. Yeah, and uh, and where your future seminars, where we're gonna hear your voice and your all your knowledge. And please make sure you drop those shoutouts to all your favorite people. Okay, so um, you can find me on Instagram. That's the only social media platform you're going to find me on. Um, it's it's J-E-N-N-I underscore J-S-A. Um, 
there's, I mean, I post my fishing pictures from time to time. I don't really post that much on there, but I am on there more stories than anything with like custom rod building and stuff. But my seminars coming up, um, I have two at the MTA boat show in Edison. One is at five o'clock on Friday, the 16th of February. And then another one is the 18th at one. And then in, uh, oh my gosh, I'm looking at my calendar right now. I have so much stuff going on. <laughs> I have good. another seminar at Tackle World on the 24th of February. And then another seminar at the Atlantic City Boat Show on Saturday at 1230, I believe. Yeah, I'll 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 be there on Thursday to do mines. So yeah. We're like the seminar team over here. We got the heavy hitters doing the seminar at the AC boat show. We better watch out. Um <laughs> but yeah, those are like the the last of my seminars. And then I have some couple ones coming up that are more like, I mean, they're more intimate seminars because they're with the, like specific fishing clubs that have reached out and asked me, hey, can you come speak to my club? And I'm like, Yeah, of course. So stuff like that, stuff like that. I have those seminars and they're really good. Like, um, I talk about a lot with the fluke fishing. I talk about like for, it's, it's for both beginners and like the old salts that have been fluking their whole lives. So it's very informative and it's, it's good for everyone. Cool. All right. Any last, any last shout outs? Awesome. Uh, the Fisherman Magazine, you know, your number one fishing authority, you got New England, Long Island and New Jersey, you know, you got to represent um all the guys there and everything and then of course my grumpy's crew my family over there like shout out to those guys and then like everyone i fish with all my buddies that i fish with i'm forever thankful for all you guys and everything and putting up with me when you're fishing especially especially rooney he's got a lot of patience dealing with me when i'm fishing because i'm i'm a handful sometimes when i'm not catching fish but it's always fun and it's a great time out on the water with everyone all right, perfect. So besides that, that's about it, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, thank you, Jenny, for hopping on with us on the podcast and dropping some knowledge for us and for future anglers. Uh, once again, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't already done so, make sure you follow, subscribe, share our podcast, uh, let people know where you found us and where you listen to us. And until we see you guys on the next episode, Tight Lines. Yeah.